0: I come across Tina before you guys will I will let her know about this podcast
1: Welcome back to Lyrics for Lunch, the show that is the one who makes a brighter day. So let's start giving. I am Aviv Rubenstein. I am your host, one of your hosts. Joining me, as always, on this magical mystery tour is...
2: Lindsay Tucker. Hello, it's me. So great to be here, as always.
1: But we have a very special guest today. Comedian, podcaster, host of The Kendra Crump Show, Kendra Crump.
0: Yes, thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, I made it off the Section A waiting list. I'm here.
1: We did it. <laughs> we did it. We're pretty... We are
2: so excited that you're here. Yes.
1: Uh, as soon as Lindsay told me the song that you had picked, I was like, fuck, fuck yes. Because I, I know of the song, and I'm sure that there are a thousand amazing stories about it, but I don't know any of them. So real quick, before we get started... Lindsay, what is this show? What do we do here?
2: Ah, this is a show where we tell you the weird, sometimes funny, sometimes depressing, <laughs> hopefully always interesting stories behind some of pop culture's biggest and brightest songs.
1: Biggest and brightest. It's it's Hollywood's biggest night. <laughs> um, so Kendra, tell us. Are s- you cold? Uh, yeah, it's chilly. I got a new hat. I just put a hat on. You
0: got, yeah, I was going to say, you got to show off the hat now. You got to show I off the show hat. Um, you
1: got to show off You so, paid good money for it. Kendra, tell us a little about yourself. Who, who, uh, Who is Kendra?
0: Uh, I'm a free-spirited person. I would say hippie, but everybody just automatically thinks uh, Snoop Dogg. And I'm like, guys, stop it. It's multiple <laughs> types of hippies right uh i am a recent graduate from clark atlanta university got my bachelor's you oh. know degree back there as you guys can see the rest Ooh, of the world can't but can y'all can yes yes from clark atlanta i got i the major was mass communications with a concentration of radio tv and film um, oh i'm, I'm, that's I'm what born I did. and raised born oh really yeah, so, yeah. look you're 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 in like radio this is radio in a way right podcasting
1: yeah, considerably older than you, but but yes, that's what that was what my oh. concentration was at Boston University.
0: Okay, Boston University, what, what was the mascot? Uh,
1: the terriers.
0: What whatever that is. All right, beautiful. I, know, I was going to say bulldog. I thought it was bulldog. I was going <laughs> to say
1: that the the Clark Atlanta was a bulldog. What is you? What was your mascot? We
2: are the Panthers. Oh, cool. That's a lot cooler than terriers. Yeah. What, I,
1: hey, I hey, mean... hey, 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 hey! We're the Boston Terriers.
0: All right. Okay. I went to Emerson in Boston. Go lion, Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> I think the Lions, between a lion, a terrier, and a panther, I think the lion comes out on top. So I like All your right. school the best. But yes. <laughs> but yes. Yeah, so, so yeah. So the goal is to have my own radio and television show. So what I've been doing is just, you know, I got my own podcast. And of course, I... Have been jumping on people's podcasts. I'm like a podcast whore. I've been on at least eight hundred <laughs> podcasts since October 2012.
1: Wow, we're just another so, yes. notch in your we're belt, aren't we? I
0: mean, well, I mean, listen, Joe Rogan wasn't answering, so I gotta come to uh other people. Uh anyway. Woo! Hopefully that wasn't offensive. Uh anyway, anyway. So yes, that's that's who I am, and I'm just just that's who. That's
1: it. That's me in a nutshell. <laughs> we're psyched that you're here. Super, super psyched. Yeah, we are. Um did you know, Lindsay?
2: I just got a vaccine booster and I feel like my face is very red. You
1: it is so red. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> I just got vaccinated. You know what um, you can help with anyway. that? You know what you can help with that? I'll tell you the redness. What? It's it's called putting sperm on your face. It works. That's why my skin is so clear Oh,
2: okay. Alright, alright, alright. Well um Don't be like, well, um... <laughs> don't be like...
1: <laughs> My I have too much beard. the beard to sperm ratio is all is all well you, you know up.
0: what? if you have a woman come on your face like it makes your beard like more flourishing. It seems like you've been doing pretty good, right
1: <laughs> well i was I was going to tell it a, a, an amusing anecdote, but that was now I can't i can't back can't follow that so <laughs> tonight, what are we going to be talking about?
3: We're going to
0: be talking about we are the world. Come on, no, like this is the, no no other greater song than this. We are okay. the world.
1: We are the world, and so I don't even know. I mean, I know like who sings this song because I like know that it's it's like a rolodex of famous people from the eighties. But like, is there a is there like a band name?
2: <laughs> yeah, supergroup USA for Africa.
1: USA so. for Africa is the name of the group. We. Okay, well I I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sit back, I'm going to kick my feet up, and I'm going to let you you both educate me right. on We you Are the World. T-
2: you want me to take it? Yes. All right. We Are the World was recorded by supergroup USA for Africa for We Are the World album, released in March of
0: 1985. Mm. The year of Aviv's and mine's birth,
4: yes. Kendra. M- our I was just about pregnant. to
0: say, where were y'all in 1985?
1: In a belly.
0: Um, in the womb.
1: Yeah.
2: A- in March. we came out later. We are not twins,
0: despite the way that I'm speaking. We are
1: are twins, actually. (laughs) You can't tell. What a time to
0: have been alive, born during a crack epidemic. It's beautiful.
1: (laughs) Yes. Beautiful.
0: Gotta love
2: Reagan.
1: I feel like anyone born after the year 1982 was born during the crack epidemic. (laughs)
0: Lisa, I believe it. I believe it. I was born during the Freak Nick era. That was a good era in the late 90s. Beautiful.
1: The Freakness Way better. Era. Yeah, Poetic Justice. Forget about it. That was it.
0: T- terrible. Movie.
1: Uh,
2: anyway, anyway. All right, yeah. So We Are The World was written by Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie and produced by Quincy Jones. Shit. Yeah. Mm. It raised over $60 million to fight hunger in Africa after its March 7th release.
1: Oh, oh, oh wait. Okay. Can, can I say something about well, that
0: part real quickly? That just came to my mind. I hope this doesn't sound racist, like to any, you know, any people out there, or, or just something that I just keep thinking about. You guys remember the infomercials as kids um, or young adults, and they would have the children, the hungry children in Africa. Yeah, and with like they, the
1: flies on their face.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, mm-hmm. so you guys raise all this money, and the kids are these like paid actors, actresses. <laughs> I wonder those things. I really wonder.
1: Are they getting their SAG cards for being in this commercial?
0: We've talked about these like UNICEF
2: commercials, documentaries uh, on the show in other episodes, one being Toto's Africa. (laughs) Um, And they definitely, it definitely is going to play a role in this episode too.
1: I just found out that in Germany, they have these commercials, but for Americans. They're like, feed a hungry american americans
2: are obese no no no. really like like
1: you know (laughs) one in one in five americans deals with food insecurity like feed feed a hungry american they like i've seen these commercials they really do they really really do wow
0: you learn something new every day i never i didn't realize that they even portrayed us in that way but The sixty million. Let me ask you guys this question: Do you feel like that money went to somebody, like any children, child, or was it just like, okay, let's just pretend we raised it? Like, let's just say we did it, and then like, really to the
1: cocaine budget of Lana Richie's cocaine budget? Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I'm not
2: not sure. I really don't know. Uh, The song was partially inspired by uh, this earlier Band Aid single, which is really fucking atrocious do they know it's christmas i was gonna do, do a do know they know one? it's
1: christmas episode <laughs> i was gonna do a bob Geldof episode
2: okay so we're gonna back this up in october 1984 actually this isn't even backing it up really this is exactly what we're talking about in october 1984 british journalist michael bork went to ethiopia to report on the famine he brought with him a Kenyan photojournalist who filmed footage of kids with ribs exposed from hunger, the things that we're talking about here, flies on their faces, you know the drill. So their report aired on the BBC where Bob Geldof saw it and quickly, quickly wrote Do They Know It's Christmas, which became popular during the holidays and allegedly raised about 10 million to help fight the famine.
1: I I want it on record. Now, do
2: we want to listen to this song? To
1: Do They Know It's Christmas?
2: Yeah. No, I, well. I never
1: want to listen to Shooting Up Christmas like, ever again <laughs> in my life I think that that is one of the most Fucked up songs In the, in the history of the world Well,
2: this is the, the song that inspired We Are All The
1: right, World let's so listen, to, listen I mean, to it. I'll listen to it, but under protest
4: At Christmas <laughs> time We let
1: So, so, not to be like the crabby Jew, but like, why? Like, okay. So this, the premise of the song is, everyone is starving in Africa. We are so very sad because they aren't aware that Jesus died for their sins, and and a fat man in a red suit. They don't have chimneys for him to come down. Like what the? Why the fuck?
2: It might be the most condescending. It is song so of
1: condescending, and
2: more condescending than brains down in Africa.
1: And and so um, like kind of colonialist, like bullshit. Like the greatest gift we could give the starving Africans is making them aware, Santa, that it's Christmas time. <laughs> it's
0: got a nice little ring to it. But I wouldn't listen to this again.
1: I also hate you too. I hate Bono, so.
0: Oh, this is Bono.
1: Yeah, he just—he's the one that went. Of you. I get shit. Do you like? Do you like? Hating. Hey, do
0: you like? You know how? Like we all had that one celebrity we just don't like for no reason. Is he that uh-huh. one celebrity for you?
1: I have a huge. A Does
2: huge anybody role. actually like Bono? Oh,
1: D- dads. He's <laughs>
4: yeah, okay bad, man.
1: Here's to them underneath that burning sun. Fuck.
2: Do they know it's Christmas Fuck time at you all? you guys.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's wow. yelled off.
0: Oh, my God. Uh, that's, wow. Did the kids even, like, I, my thing is, like, are the kids, like, did they give the kids permission to, like, take a picture of them, or they just did it without their No, concern? they probably
1: just did it, because, like, are the kids going to sue? They should. They should. It's never
0: too late, right?
1: <laughs> I feel like there's a statue. of Time to cash
0: conditions. in. <laughs> Yeah, this, this this song is a
1: uh, pretty bad.
2: Yeah, yeah. The I, epitome of like white
0: saviorism. Yeah.
1: Have you had you never heard this song, Kendra?
0: I would never want to hear it. Thank you guys for introducing <laughs> me to such tragedy.
1: Yeah, well, i sorry. <laughs> one of the worst songs, in all, like ever.
2: I would never want to hear it. Well, <laughs> welcome to the show. So. Harry Belafonte is aware of this song. Is
1: aware of, and he now
2: wants to raise money. Yes, he wants to arrange a concert with African American musicians to raise money for the cause. Love that. The logistics were hell getting it all together, and Geldof had already demonstrated the power of a single song. So I'm gonna let Lionel Richie tell you in his own words what happened on the CBS Morning Show.
3: Well, it was, it was a phone call that actually called us all to arms. It was Harold Belafonte who called, as one gets a phone call from Harold Belafonte late at night. Thank you very much. And he said, listen, we've got a situation here. We've got white folks saving black folks, but we don't have any black folks saving black folks. What are we going to do about that? The seed was planted. And I said, let me get back to you, Harry. And the next person I called was Quincy. And Quincy said, well, let's do something about this. And then, of course... I'm talking to Michael, and then there's Stevie. And then we started a little, a little buzz here. That's when I realized, okay, if two or three or four of us are gathered together, sounds like a good prayer here, then we can get something done. To this day, I look back on it. It was so magical. It was so divinely guided because it's an impossibility today to sneak up on the world you follow me in other words that you can't scheme on we had social media it was a surprise attack when I say that no one was expecting it but that Mm -hmm. night was the most magical time ever because I asked Quincy that night how are we going to do this is everyone going to be in the room separately and Quincy said no 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 we're all going to be in a circle now the only way you can pull that off is everybody in that room is a pro you only have one line to sing and with your eyes closed, you're supposed to know who that is singing. Mm. Now think about that.
0: I feel like Michael Jackson just really contributed to like ninety-nine percent of that song. That's my that's honestly what I what I think. I feel like it was just really Michael and he's like, Hey, I just don't want to be by myself. Let's bring a whole crew into it.
1: So Michael and but Michael and Quincy had like a relationship, right? Like they they had worked together previously, question mark?
0: Uh yes. 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 They 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 definitely had to because Quincy jones is like the man like in of of music and michael was like i'm up here too let's just you know get together
1: so it goes from harry belfonte to i don't know if his first call is lionel richie but okay to Quincy to michael and now i mean i think that the, the 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 thing that is interesting the most interesting thing that he has to say is like The the voices that they're looking for are so iconic that you need to be able to uh, uh, identify them instantaneously.
2: So should we hear it so we can think about that for ourselves? We hear the song. Of course we should.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Let's listen to "We Are the World." Okay. I you know I've heard do they know it's Christmas a lot, and I I know that I've heard "We Are the World," but I can't actually like play like I like I I can probably hum the chorus that's
0: all that matters right you you know the chorus
1: <laughs> yeah maybe I can't even hum the chorus
2: okay I got you guys no that was pretty good that was pretty on
1: Sick. oh the wonderful world of Disney
2: <laughs> it reminds me of newsroom or something
1: mm-hmm
0: same solo it's just, it's just so melodic and so
1: oh that's so many people Ray Charles
0: oh yeah there comes a
4: time when we heed a certain no
1: I've never heard this song before what
4: <laughs> yes you have
0: together as one there y- y'all see Stevie Wonders? His eyes oh, are open. When it's y'all can catch that? To
1: yeah. <laughs> to this to is end. your big conspiracy theories that Stevie can see.
0: The, the National Choir said that he can. They said something positive about him. We can't go on
1: pretending
0: day by day. A
4: Tina,
1: Billy Joel. You just want, want to sneak Billy Joel in here, Lindsay. Really just sucks. <laughs> I kind
4: of
0: wonder how that's gonna go to bed like that with her hair like that. <laughs> the socks! So, okay. And a glove.
1: But, like, they're all in the recording studio. You're supposed to be wearing comfortable clothing, and he is dressed like a Spanish matador <laughs> with one glove, Diana. <laughs> yep. This, who's that? That's Dionne, so, so, Dionne, Dionne Warwick. Dionne Warwick. She's in a war with the mayonnaise company. We'll
4: be She's free. best. Oh,
1: Bruce. There's no one whiter than Bruce.
0: You see Mayonnaise White?
1: He's New Jersey
2: White. What about Bon Jovi?
1: Cindy, I love Cindy she, just, she
0: just seems so fresh spirited
1: And her voice is so
4: high
1: Who that? I don't know, who's that blonde one? <laughs> Tipper Core Ray. Ray has no headphones on.
0: I was gonna say he has a cup in his hand. Aren't you supposed to not have like drinks that's in the? That's a holler oat.
1: That is that is an oat. <laughs> uh, I
2: think
1: that's, I think that's Jesse Jackson. Oh,
0: sorry.
4: One Jesse Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> sorry.
1: oh my God, Bob Dylan. Why, man? Why?
0: Crazy. Why she not she does not have no movement. The girl next to Ray Charles, she's not doing nothing. She's not even singing. Well she's worried about
1: bumping into (laughs) Ray. Oh
0: please. You can you can move move you
1: know. Dan Aykroyd? There's Harry Belafonte. Yeah. Bald because his braids pulled so tight.
0: Yeah, those dreads are pulled really tight. Like it super recedes, tight. It, it recedes on your hairline. That's why I have to cut my dreads every. Uh, oh really? Couple years. Yeah, it will. It gets heavy. I'm telling you, my neck almost snapped off washing my hair one day.
1: I almost, I just <laughs> always assumed that that's why he went bald. So yeah, it it,
0: it will. It gets heavy. You it, like it's like having very long long hair pulls on your hairline. You have it pulled back in the back, like in a ponytail. It wears a like hairline
4: too. a
1: Oh LaToya.
0: LaToya. Did y'all did you see her Playboy uh video? No. Did you see the video? It Why would I've seen
1: Latoya Jackson's I mean, come on, Who doesn't? Who didn't want to see that? It's hot stuff. She looks like Michael. Like a little too much. So is Janet. Who would you hit, Jan- Latoya or Janet? Who would I hit? Yeah, Latoya that or Janet? Has- Clearly yeah, Janet.
0: Aviv's who- not picky. He would
2: do either That's one. True.
1: No, I mean Janet's way more. Talented.
0: That's James Ingram. So I'm gonna tell you guys a fun fact. My father worked in the music industry. He was like like recording record producer. So all of these people, ninety-eight percent of these people showed up at my house before I was born. Shit. I did get a chance to. What? I didn't even get a chance to meet them. <laughs> this bullcrap. Like <laughs> it's a true story. I would have.
1: I would have. I would have died meeting Ray Charles. Ray Charles is one of my dad's favorite artists, and mm-hmm. and I just. thought, I think he's one of the most.
0: Where were you when he passed away in two thousand four? I was it? at
1: home. I was. I was either a senior in high school or a freshman in college. Um, But I remember he passed right before the movie came out. That's kind of the only thing I remember about it. Gotcha. Let's start giving.
2: Where were you when you found out? In
0: 2004. Mm hmm. I was like six years old. (laughs) See, I didn't ask
1: because I knew I was going to be upset by the answer.
0: (laughs) I didn't, so, you know, I wasn't allowed to watch that movie, Ray. Like, this is how my father was, right? He was Mm -hmm. one of those dads who was caring at the wrong times. Mm -hmm. He did not want us to watch PG-13 movies until we were actually 13, uh, even though that's not what it stands for. Me too. oh okay great he did not want us to watch r-rated movies until we were of age that but i get to so high deep. school and i'm like guys don't you realize in high school it's rated x kids are having sex in school in school while school's like <laughs> going on kids are cursing up a storm people just say you know shit damn fuck all day long i'm like what are you mad about you know so like it's it's literally you know fights happen come on now so why can't i see this r-rated movie again but, you know, that's how Dad was. He was careful. Just
1: a ton of drug use. He's, like, shooting heroin all the time in the movie.
0: <sighs> oh, that's what it is? Oh, yeah, okay. Have y'all ever actually of- known somebody who actually was a drug addict or yeah. still a drug addict? Yeah. So would you see them do drugs in front of you? Have you ever walked in on somebody just doing, like, hardcore drugs in front of
1: you? Yeah, so... Like
0: what kind of drugs? We're, like, weed does not need like anything. Like, shooting up? Yeah, shooting up, cocaine... No, oh, yeah, definitely. I've seen ton of coke.
1: Yeah. Um, so, so meth. I will say I had. I uh, know. I've, I've never seen, seen meth. A, to my knowledge, I've seen people <laughs> who are high on meth or people who are addicted to meth. But I, I will say, I think the statute of limitations has passed on this. That I can say this in 2007, <laughs> summer of 2007. Mm-hmm. I lived in like a college. It was college kind of party house, and I had a roommate named Jerry who made his own opium. He like would buy poppy see poppy plants online and like make his own opium for. how
2: do you make opium i don't
1: know there's like uh rubbing alcohol is involved because the Mm. house smelled like rubbing alcohol for like months and then he like got himself addicted to it and then like Mm. we saw him a month later and he's like yeah i like that opium just like a little bit too much so i had to lock myself in my room until i didn't like it anymore and uh yeah so i don't know what happened to jerry but uh
2: (laughs) sounds like he got clean i
1: i I would did you
0: try to find him
2: on facebook
1: no, I don't have Facebook anymore. I
0: could be deleted I his I could, Facebook. I, I mean, I can, I can, I, I still have it. I can look him up. But I will tell you guys, it sounds so freaking bad. But I'm gonna just keep it real with y'all because we're family. I can keep it real with y'all. We're family. I want to go to um, Columbia where they have real cocaine there, and I want to try it, and then I will be done. With it, that, that's how I am. I'm like, I'm a one time like hardcore drug user, but I will not do meth. I don't want to do um uh heroin, heroin. I don't want to do the stuff that is in other countries that hasn't no. made it out here yet. Uh, spice. I don't want to do any of that. I'm like, guys, what is, come wait. On. What
1: is spice? spice. K- is I that like, K- from, is from Dune? That, that's oh, Kate. Okay. K-
0: that's that's I thought that was just that's synthetic weed. From you can go buy it at the gas station. Then you weed? have um oh, angel dust. I don't. Yeah, I, I can't do that.
1: No. So update. Jerry has a PhD and an MBA. He's doing fine.
0: He's doing fine.
1: The director. He got himself clean. Yeah, he's director of science outreach at some some company.
0: Well. Um, if you don't want to, you know, make it to Columbia, you know, like I learned that you can just scrape your money and then cocaine is going to fall out. But there you go. That's absolutely correct. That's from the then, 60
1: million that we are the world made is like all of the cocaine. that's. Of course it
0: is. Of course. Of course. <laughs> but I was surprised that it did make 60 million. I, and it kind of makes me wonder, do you guys like know if there were donations? Like, like how are they collecting yeah, how the did, money?
1: How did that work? Yeah.
0: Okay, so
2: it sold more than 8 million copies in the US, raising more than 75 million th- from this source, more than 75 million. Mm. The song was promoted alongside the music video, a documentary hosted by Jane Fonda, a special edition magazine, and like a myriad books, posters, and clothing merch. So the promotion and the merch helped it raise this other source said more than 63 million roughly Jesus. equivalent to 149 million today
1: that's a lot of money
2: so the money total is unclear
1: unclear so i thought i th- i mean i thought i recognized just about everyone in the video until they get to this like big group wide shot so there's i mean like there's some heavy hitters there but do you have like a list of all of the people that were a part of the song
0: most definitely. Let's list them out. We have Quincy Jones, out. boom, Lionel Richie, Stevie mm. Wonder, Paul Simon, Kenny Rogers, James Ingram, Tina Turner, Billy Joel. He's, yeah, he's, he's pretty good. Michael Jackson, Diana Ross, uh, Dion Warwick, Willie Nelson, Al Jarreau, Bruce Springsteen, Kenny Loggins, Steve Perry, Daryl Hall. Don't know who that is. Both Huey pennies Lewis. were there. They were. They were. Uh, Huey Lewis. Not sure who that is. Cindy Lauper. Um, Kim Carnes. Not sure who that is. Bob Dylan, Ray Charles. And then we have other people. The chorus, which is Dan Aykroyd. Not sure who that is. Harry Belafonte. Dan Aykroyd was a ghost. What?
2: He was a Hold ghostbuster.
1: Up.
0: Uh, yeah, that was probably before my time.
2: Dan Aykroyd, Blues Brother, Ghostbusters, Father of Veda.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. That's before my time. All right. Harry Belafonte, Lindsey Buckingham. Not sure who that is either.
1: He's in Fleetwood Mac.
0: Okay. Mario Cipollinima, and they're of nope. Huey Lewis in the news. Johnny Cola of Huey Lewis in the news. Sheila E. So I don't know who Huey Lewis in the news are. I just take it that they have five members altogether.
1: They Sheila sang a song e. called I Want a New did Drug. Did they do the
0: Ghostbusters theme?
1: They, they did not do the Ghostbusters theme. They, <laughs> Ray Parker Jr. did the Ghostbusters theme. Huey Lewis did I Want a New Drug. And they did the, uh, Huey Lewis and the News did the Back to the Future theme, Power of Love.
0: All right, there That's go. Power of Love. Yeah, yeah I don't it, know come that song to, either.
1: Come to me for all of your 80s movies tie-ins.
0: I was going to say, yeah, I don't know that one either. All right, Bob Geldof. Not Bob sure who that Gildofe. is. Bill Gibson.
2: Geldof is the Christmas guy, right?
1: Yeah. Bob Geldof is the do, they, do know they know if it's Christmas. Christmas. Oh,
0: see, you know what? That that song was so bad, I already forgot all about who those people were. <laughs> all right. Chris Hayes, Sean Hopper, and those three people are of the Huey, the rest of the Huey Lewis and the News. We mm-hmm. have Jackie, ja- Jackie Jackson, Latoya Jackson, Marlon Jackson, Randy Jackson, Tito Jackson. Wait, Waylon- so was
1: this a, the last ride of the Jackson 5?
0: I feel like sounds like
1: was. all of them were in there, <laughs>
0: oh minus Janet.
1: Minus was was. Oh wait, wait, Janet wasn't.
0: Where Janet was, she wasn't was not. 5. She was not in the Jackson Five. She was not in the Jackson Five. But I think like like you know they had multiple other siblings. But mm-hmm. like wait, did jack Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, the, but then the Jackson Five they like they had their own like group called the Jacksons before the Jackson Five. What was yeah, that
1: the because I think that there were only three of them <laughs> yeah. at one point. Yeah, but mm. Jackie, uh, Tito. Marlon, and the and another one randy. Were the, and randy. randy and michael were the jackson five so this is the last known recording of the jackson five Look at plus at 55 other people
0: <laughs> yes uh we have next you have waylon jennings bett mittler i don't even know who waylon jennings is john oates uh, Jeffrey Osborne and then you have the Pointer Sisters and their names are Anita, June, and Ruth. And then lastly you have Smokey Robinson. I did not even catch you catch him in there. I but yeah, there you it.
1: are. Th- those are those are the people. That's everybody. Holy shit. How did Aykroyd wind up there? He's like not a singer. Very curious.
0: Yeah. Very curious.
1: Anyway. That's so many people.
0: I know Whitney Houston was around, like she came out like a year or two prior, and it made me wonder. Did she not make the cut because her voice
1: is gold
0: yeah yeah,
1: yeah that's a good whitney? question so whitney whitney's first record was 85 that was like her big rise was in f- her debut is february of 85 and this was recorded in march of 85 right
2: no that's when it was released oh so maybe um,
1: maybe they just like just missed her
2: it was January
1: 28th Oh so it was like right before 85. right before Whitney Houston's record was released. that's interesting
0: yeah I, but yeah, that's why I wonder like, I wonder like you know was it like audition hey let's audition for who's gonna you know hit this part <laughs> that's why I've been thinking about like when you have like especially with this big song like because you just can't have anybody but there are some people you are like, how'd you make it? How'd you make the cut type of thing you know yeah. like you guys were just asking.
2: I think they were just calling people and using their network, to be honest. And there's more of a story here that um, I think it was the AMAs, the American Music Awards were that night. So while that was happening, they were like siphoning people to get them to come to the recording. Oh, crazy. Um, And I will tell that story in greater detail uh, in a few moments. Um, But first, I just wanted to talk a tiny bit about the lyrics given this is lyrics for lunch <laughs> we tend to sometimes kind of brush over them um this is from song facts richie came up with the we are the world we are the children line and jackson wrote most of the other lyrics
1: <laughs> so you you were right kendra where it's like jackson did most of the heavy lifting and and uh lano richie's like but we are the world
2: yeah like we are the children um. Yeah. So Jackson wrote most of the other lyrics about how helping those in need benefits the giver. Quote like we are saving our own lives. I guess that's a lyric mm-hmm. of the song. Mm-hmm. And you know this is similar to some of Michael's other work, like "You Are Not Alone" and "Heal the World." I feel like a lot of his songs, well, many of his songs Wait. at the time, kind of had that compassionate theme. Heal
1: the world. What is "Heal the World"?
2: It's another Michael Jackson. Oh, because because when
1: you said "Heal the World," I go heal the world let them know it's (laughs) christmas time let's feed the world let's feed the world fuck yeah well that answers that question
2: um and if you remember from the video like lionel richie sang the first line and he claims that he gave himself the first line of the song so that he could get out of the way quote i looked at the talent that was yeah He said, I looked at the talent that was coming that night, and I wanted to get out of the way early, because when you start thinking Ray Charles is coming in that lineup, there's Springsteen sitting over in the corner, and there's every major power singer in the world coming down that pipe, you know what? I wanted to get out of that barrage as soon as possible. Yeah, whatever. So we can talk about some of the other solos. Dionne Warwick was the ninth in the line of soloists, and it came after the chorus. She came in with Send Them Your Heart So They Know That Someone Cares tina turner saying we are all part of god's great big family
0: can can i say something about tina turner like she that part where talked about we are all god's great big part you know, family it makes me i thought that was strange because like for her to say that because she's buddhist
1: they have multiple they have multiple deities i think right
0: yeah so i thought i was surprised she even agreed maybe she became buddhist like i know she became buddhist at some point so it makes me kind of wonder like was that before like that yeah. or you know can we find out when did she become buddhist yeah cuz i know yeah. like i said i know she have you guys ever had a buddhist chant for you cuz i have it was a yeah. podcaster buddhist and i want to hear we, her, we I, both
1: I, used to work for yoga journal
0: you tell okay so tell me why i do yoga i do a lot of yoga you know um and tell me why. i tell did not are. realize that a lot this is a, a lot of people don't understand a lot of, here's a fun fact those stretches are giving praise to those gods. Right. And then I was Mm -hmm. like doing some yoga and then they're like, this person's very woke and like Christian guy. He says, you know, like you're not supposed to be doing those types of stretches. I said, what are you talking about? He's like, you're giving praises to, to those gods, not your own. God. I'm like, bro, finish my stretches please don't be that person not right now yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done type of stuff but yeah i wasn't a real i didn't realize that namaste and all that other type of stuff was like buddhist type of you know everything i didn't realize i was doing anything bad but
2: it's not it's really not it's not like worshiping an idol that guy
0: sounds like a. Uh... So a, little dog, toxic dog, dog yeah, a little dog dog, dog mad it in their religion dog mad in their religion. I'm telling yeah. you what happens. You have when a person becomes dog mad in their religion. this is what ends up happening.
1: Tina transitioned to Buddhism in the mid seventies, but she never gave up her Baptist. She was raised Baptist, so she never fully gave that up. She referred to herself as a Buddhist Baptist, so I think <laughs> that she like allowed that that to happen for f- maybe some of the baptist side of her was like let's do it
0: all right well super weird
1: tina turner is a really interesting person we talked a little bit about her on our phil specter episode but i'd like to do a full tina turner episode because she's how about you invite
0: her on you know yeah how yeah yeah, you think she's gonna answer a friend of the show (laughs) i think i mean anything is possible i'm optimistic
1: yeah let's do it
0: (laughs) if i how about this if i come across because you know i'm a people person i just meet make friends with random strangers if i come across tina before you guys will i will let her know about this podcast
1: please thank you
0: thank you and you guys and y'all can like i guess talk about one of her songs all together love that fuck yeah we would love that.
1: Um, yeah so so 73 is when she's when she began her her buddhist journey Um, but that is super interesting. So, and this brings up the thing that I was curious about, which is like, yeah, I'm sure that they worked their network, but like, how did they choose what singer sang what line?
2: They were literally like putting tape down on the ground (laughs) for like who would stand where and what their line would be. Amazing. Um, And Aviv hates Billy Joel, so I I just really had to include this bit that Billy Joel didn't really feel like his line had as much power or influence as the ladies.
1: Oh, shut Uh, up, Billy.
2: If his line was, in the truth, you know, love is all we need. Quote Joel. I looked at those lyrics and I went, that's what I get? (laughs) The truth, you know? And it was kind of a low part, too. I think a lot of people were trying to be virtuosos when it came to their part. I know Cindy Lauper did. Yeah. Cindy jumped into this whole other octave. Yay, yay, yay. But she can do that. She's a great singer. I think everybody wanted to put a little filigree on it. So they jumped out. I looked at my part and I thought, don't even try. Just hit the mark and shut up. It wasn't a time for me to show off.
1: Okay. Can I give you a hot take? Conspiracy theory? (laughs) Give
2: me your hot take.
1: So we know that Michael. Is friends with Paul McCartney, mm. and the line is the truth is you know love is all you, love is all we need right? Right.
4: So love I th- is all we need. I think
1: that Paul said no, and they're like, well, who's a bigger dork than Paul McCartney? And, oh, and nice. And then they went with Billy Joel.
2: Well, in a 2020 interview with Esquire, Lionel Richie recalled the whole experience like this: We came in like little kids on their first day of kindergarten. And we were all kind of looking at each other, but we didn't quite, oh my God, there's that kid over there and there's that other kid over there. Everyone was kind of freaked out standing next to each other for a brief moment. And then all of a sudden we realized it's not about us. We're actually using our voice and our celebrity to save some people. And it's about us giving everything we have to save their lives. So I think the brilliance of that evening was we started out as 45 artists looking at each other and going, yeah, I'm famous and you're famous, but we left as family.
1: Except for Billy Joel. for
2: <laughs>
0: Billy Joel.
1: Who's like um. not into it.
2: Okay. So there's an article called We Are the World Inside Pop Music's Most Famous All Nighter from Esquire that gives like an hour by hour account of everything that happened that day, like 24 hours. I am not going to read you the whole thing, but I'm going to at parts read from it and at parts paraphrase from it, starting with Monday, January 28th.
0: 1985 at 7.30 a.m. 7.30 a.m. Okay, That's pretty early for
1: a lot of these folks. I was
0: going to say early bird. Well, you know what the thing is when it comes with like being in the studio, they be up. Like, you know what? Yeah. They literally like go days probably without sleeping. Like they take cat naps. This is Esquire's
2: lead. This is the lead to their story. Okay. It was early for a musician, for any musician, and certainly for Lionel Richie, who in January 1985 was one of the top pop stars in the world. His signature hit of the past 12 months, number one on the Billboard charts, was called All Night Long.
0: All all night (laughs) long. All night. Okay, keep going. Sorry.
2: All night. For crying out loud, he'd spent much of the past year on the road. New York, Hartford, Detroit, Vegas, Kansas City, Vancouver, Oakland, freaking Boise. It was a blur. The record company kept rolling out singles. Two went all the way to number one. Three more to the top ten. Then, there was We Are the World, the song he wrote with Michael Jackson to raise money for famine relief in Africa. In Ethiopia alone, more than a million people had starved to death since 1983. Shit. There had been a lot of late nights in Encino lately, at Jackson's house, writing, rewriting, arranging, second-guessing. And the other night, they were here at Richie's house until it must have been 3 in the morning, sitting on the floor. Jackson, Quincy Jones, Jones's arranger, Tom Baylor, and Richie's manager— Ken Cragan, the guy who put We Are the World together, writing on index cards the names of everybody they hoped would join the recording session, figuring out who was going to stand where and who would sing what part. Now tonight they would actually record it. But before that were the American Music Awards, televised on ABC, one of the biggest nights of the year. Cragan's master stroke in scheduling the recording session was doing it on the night of the awards, when so many artists would be in town. Richie wasn't just nominated for eight awards, he was hosting the thing too. He was supposed to be over at the Shrine Auditorium by 10 this morning for rehearsals. It was 7.30am, early. They would run through the whole show, starting with a long opening dance number choreographed to Richie's big hit, Running With the Night, which he would perform, wearing a gold lame suit, surrounded by a dozen dancers. Mm.
1: I, don't know the, I don't know that song, Running With the Night.
0: I don't know, what that, I don't know that song either. None of us know it you know what that well, means. we just gotta play, listen to it up. we
1: All gotta right, listen to night. it cause I wanna hear. I wanna I wanna sing we're running with the shadows of the night which is definitely not Lionel Richie that's like Patti Smith or something
0: what, what if what if Lionel Richie wrote that song for her so it could oh, be Lionel that would Richie be, that would rule you never know you never know
1: ooh smooth
2: I'm into it. I like it already, I mean,
1: too. Yeah, I'm waiting for, like, the real the real fun to begin. Ooh.
2: Okay, the drive to the shrine from Richie's house near the Bel Air County Club was about a half hour. 35 years later, when he was asked about that day, this is the first thing Richie will say. Let us trace the meaning of the words delirium and exhaustion. 2,500 miles away, Bruce Springsteen was getting on a plane. Talk about exhausted! The night before, he played the final show of the latest leg of the Born in the USA tour at the 50,000-seat Carrier Dome in Syracuse, New York. It was his 50th show that month, and it was epic. 29 songs over four hours, ending with a killer cover of John Fogarty's Rockin' All Over the World, reserved for Special Occasions. His manager, John Landau, had originally told Kragen that Springsteen was a long shot for this We Are The World thing. He'd been touring for so long, and he had a break before picking it up again overseas, and well, Landau would see what he could do. Then Landau called Kragen back a couple weeks before to tell him Springsteen was in, and the dominoes began to fall. Instead of Kragen calling managers and agents all day to recruit artists for this project, everybody started calling him. Bruce was in. Everybody wanted it. So that there answers your question, Aviv. So now I'm gonna take us to 6:30 p.m., about an hour into the AAMAs. Huey Lewis, who would join the We Are the World session later, and Madonna,
0: who wasn't invited to We Are the World. Of course, oh, you Madonna's can't is another about Madonna. huge you
1: oversight.
0: You cannot forget about Madonna. Come on now, come on now. Mm, yeah. I don't know. They didn't invite her. You know, yeah, She probably she, she probably uh, done pissed some people off, man.
1: Yeah, it doesn't sound like they forgot. It sounds like they chose not to. <laughs>
0: it was hate, haterism. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they, I don't know. So Huey Lewis and Madonna announced the winner for the favorite black album category, Prince's Purple Rain wait, wait. Whoa, 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 Michael whoa, whoa, whoa. Jackson's Thriller. There
1: was a black album category?
2: Favorite black album category. <laughs> that sounds category.
0: so racist.
1: <laughs> That's real bad. But Purple Rain beat out Thriller.
0: Do you feel like Purple Rain should have beat out thriller?
1: I kind of do. We Darling Nikki, which is our last week's episode, is on Purple Rain, and I fucking love Purple Rain. So yes. They're two amazing albums, but I I think I'll give the edge slightly to Purple Rain.
2: We also have like a very complicated Michael Jackson elephant in the room. Yeah.
1: There's a lot of accusations about Michael Jackson. This this episode is not specifically about Michael Jackson, so he <laughs> will get his own episode at length in the future. Uh, we just need to pick a song.
2: All right. At later time. At later Until time. next time, friends. Yeah. So Okay, so Prince's Purple Rain beat out Michael Jackson's thriller and Lionel Richie's Can't Slow Down. Prince was invited to the recording session, and Quincy Jones, who we know is the song's producer had a solo picked out specifically for prince there had been talk about tension between prince and jackson and craigen loved the idea of like having them come together and overcome their beef for this great cause sure and publicity but here's
0: my question how do how do beef start out i feel like the label starts that mess i feel like so, the label has something know. to do with the beef
1: so yeah the beef is the beef is definitely good for record sales and you know historically like the uh backstreet boys and in sync beef was started by their record label they were on the same record label they had the same manager um i know that there was i don't know if this is how the beef started but i know that prince was supposed to appear in the beat it video and like they were like gonna gang fight or whatever, but um one of the lines was in the song was like, Your ass is mine and Prince is like, Whose ass this is, is whose? The bad The Bad Video?
2: Bad music video. Yeah. Your butt is
1: mine. Yeah. And and Prince was like, I don't I don't know what that means. I'm not gonna do it. <laughs>
0: uh, okay. Okay. Well he should just have some fun with it.
1: Yeah. But they were both I mean. Prince was a Seventh Day Adventist and Michael Jackson was a Jehovah's Witness. Like they they were very similar in a lot of ways. So I'm wondering, I think it may have just been that they were like largely occupying the same space musically or like their brands were occupying the same space. And yeah, the label is like, well, there can be only one.
2: Okay. I just found this societyofrock.com newly released station Wait,
1: wait a minute wait a minute did you just say society <laughs> of rock yeah it's society of rock
0: oh i was i didn't know what that was i thought that was some type of website i ain't never heard of i'm like how to get lindsay. there on the web
1: lindsay
2: <laughs> because I was just looking at the url okay look, look is are, it, are you... you
1: for real <laughs> this is another lindsay lohan cool j all over again i
2: forgot about that oh my god i forgot about that <laughs> look i just looked at the url it's obviously society of rock
0: <laughs> no it's okay it's past her bedtime let's just blame it on that
2: the headline is michael jackson really really hated prince and now we know why <laughs> newly released tapes shed light on decades-long feud
1: love this
4: Michael
2: Jackson hated Prince and Prince knew it in fact stories abound of the purple one going out of his way to deliberately Irk Jackson and to be entirely honest they're pretty hilarious while we know that Prince joined us in our amusement at Michael's expense, and got more than a few laughs out of his late rival this morning it was made clear that michael was the only one unable to laugh at prince's shenanigans Mm. in newly surfaced tapes dating back to jackson's 1988 biography moonwalker the king of pop revealed his intense dislike for prince calling him so rude one of the rudest people i have ever met and accusing him of being very mean and nasty to jackson's family Mm. Interestingly enough, Michael goes on to finally explain exactly why he couldn't stand Prince, and it all boils down to one sad truth, jealousy. Oh. Quote, I don't like to be compared to Prince at all, Jackson is quoted as saying. I have proven myself since I was real little. It's not fair. He feels like I'm his opponent. I hope he changes because, boy, he's going to get hurt. He's the type that might commit
0: suicide or something. Mm. Oh, fuck. That's, that's, you don't, not Michael. Michael said that?
1: (laughs) I mean, that's fucked up. But also, like, just listen to kind of the the word choice. He's got like the he's got like the mind of a child. Like, I'm not I'm not saying that he's yeah. like he's like stunted, but but he like his argumentative style is like like schoolyard, very schoolyard, right? Like, uh-huh. it's not fair. I'm me, and he's him. And I think that also like Prince at that time was like very adult in a way that Michael like never was like overtly sexual. Right, Mm -hmm. and so I think that that also may have kind of squicked him out a little. Yeah, you know what you brought you
0: did you brought up a good point. That does make sense. I think that's what happens when you know your father robs you of your childhood and you're not really taught how to become an adult, and so you act out in that way. Was this before he had a publicist or? Because I think publicist (laughs) would have been great. He had
1: to get a new one.
0: I think a publicist would have been great at this time, man. You know, and now you know what's so crazy, (laughs) right? I have been thinking for so long. I was like. I wonder, I wonder, you know, Mike and and Prince, did they ever do an album together? Or not an mm-hmm. album, but, you know, a, a song together. And I just kind of wondered about that. You know, no, let, let me never. ask you something. Did they ever, once Mike had died, what did Prince say on behalf? You know, because, you know, they got to always reach, reach out or, or say something. Or did he not say anything?
1: This is from manyofmany.com. And it's, the article is called The Story Behind Prince and Michael Jackson's Rivalry. Prince at one point tried to run over Michael with his limo, which is pretty hilarious. And I think the closest they came, they ever came to a collab, was on "Bad" and "On We Are the World," which both fell apart. But um, it seems as though the last entry of this kind of diary was Prince doing a Vegas residency in two thousand and six, which is uh, three years before Michael passed, and Michael was living in Vegas and. Prince had Will I am as a guest for his residency and and Will was also friends with Michael so Will I am arranged for Michael to be a guest in the aud- to be yeah to be like in the audience for the show um, and the next morning Will I am went over to Michael's house for breakfast and they were talking about Prince and um and apparently Prince was like playing the bass right in Michael Jackson's face at mm. the show, and Michael at breakfast with Will, I am goes. Why do you think Prince was playing the bass in my face? Prince was has always been a meanie. He's just a big meanie, <laughs>
0: not a meanie, not. He's a, you mean been... as an adult, like when he's in his fifties, he's saying
1: you're a meanie. <laughs> he's saying meanie in 2006. This is so. This is what I'm saying is like I really think that he 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 is like a very child or was a very childlike. Had a very childlike way of seeing the world, and like couldn't, you know, Prince was was giving him some shit, and they were like jawing back and forth, and I don't think Michael could take it because you know he had been abused for the first twenty years of his life. Like it's not right. I mean, his brains
2: fault. with trauma do not yeah. always develop past that point.
1: Mm-hmm. And and frankly, Prince was also like had like a really rough childhood too, and I think that they like reacted to that uh, similar kinds of abuse in opposite ways. This yeah. is like me totally speculating. But that's that's kind I think, of I think I think your I, speculation
0: I is pretty good though. Like you are Nailed making it. a good But the fact that he actually said and you know what's so crazy about Prince? Meaning is
1: rough, man.
0: Prince is not even like he's Mike is allowing Prince live in his head rent free. So Yes. Yeah. And Prince you're is gone on about his Jackson. life. He's gone he's yeah. gone on about his life, you know? He's like, "Oh, okay, you're still upset?" Like, "Bro, that was 30 years ago, can we like squash yeah. it?
1: But yeah. it's, a sh- it's a shame that they never buried the hatchet. Hopefully they're doing dance-offs in heaven.
2: I hope they Hopefully. may.
1: Hopefully. Okay. Hopefully. Oh, I hope that Back they made Back to it. the
2: American Music Awards. Yes, American Back Music Awards. Back to the American Music Awards. Michael Jackson, who was nominated for three of them, wasn't there. Mm-hmm. He was already across town at A&M Studios, standing alone in the middle of the parquet floor in Studio A, wearing tight black pants and his <laughs> signature black jacket. Part military, part Sergeant Pepper. With the shoulder pads and the ornate gold embroidering, he wore his jewel encrusted white socks, the ones that sparkled when he moonwalked, and black aviator sunglasses. Checks out.
1: What a good outfit.
0: <laughs> so Tommy, who is this guy, Trubovic? Nailed it. You said it good, good, because I was not going to know how to say that.
1: <laughs> What's his name? <laughs>
0: Tommy Trebovic? Tommy
1: Tommy Trebovic? Tommy Trebovic.
2: T-R-B-O-V-I-C-H.
1: Trebovic.
2: T-R-B-O.
1: T-R-B-O. T-R-B-O.
2: V-I-C-H.
1: Trebovic. Trebovic. Tommy.
2: Trebo, who is the director who is making the music video in the documentary of the session for the charity that was established by the project, which would become We Are the World, the story behind the song, which is that documentary that I mentioned earlier that Jane Fonda like hosted, hosted. slash narrated. Mm-hmm. So Tommy is there in AM studios in studio A with Michael holding a Noralco video camera on his shoulder, filming Jackson as he's singing the chorus. Tom had a crew of about 50 and they had been there since early afternoon running cables, rigging lights. Yeah. And right now, though, at this moment, him and Jackson were the only two people in Studio A. He had his right thumb hooked in his pants pocket, his left hip sticking out, his high water pants revealing those socks. Jones sat in the control booth, and they looked at each other through the glass, hearing each other through headsets. Now, nearly 50 massive stars are about to arrive in an hour to record the song, and Jackson is asking Quincy Jones, like, lyrics. They're still laying down the chorus. He's doing his own backing vocals, fussing over, like, this word and that. So he's saying to Quincy, I'm saying you. Should I say you and me or you and I? I like you and me, Quincy said. Okay, Michael said. It's much more soul. Yeah, it's more soulful. Country. Jackson's shifted his slight frame from foot to foot. Country, he said in his high voice. And then he sang. We are the world. We are the children. We are the ones who make a brighter day. So let's start giving. It's true. We make a better day. Just you and me.
1: Oh, yeah, you and I would now, be bad in that moment.
2: Yeah. So as Jackson is singing, Steve Perry. From Journey. Of Journey fame, yes. Was also already in the control booth with Jones, wearing headphones, listening to Jackson singing. Perry looked at Jones and out at Jackson and said, am I dreaming? Am I on drugs? <laughs> mm. <laughs>
1: yes, you are on drugs.
0: I was about to say the same.
2: And Jackson laughed right in the middle of the line he was singing. So now it's about nine thirty, and the Music Awards are letting out. And to get into A and M Studios, which was built as a movie lot by Charlie Chaplin in 1917, I guess you have to pull off La Brea. Is it uh, how you say it? La Brea. La Brea. Brea. So you, I guess, you have to pull off La Brea Avenue through a manned gate, which put you in a plaza in the center of the little campus. Mm -hmm. So once the American Music Awards ended, everyone was lining up to get through the A and M gate quote esquire behind a small ring of shade trees were two entrances one to the left and up three steps was a thick wooden door that led to the anteroom outside studio a the other entrance under the outdoor staircase to the right led to what was known as the chaplain stage a room more than half a football field long where they film movies and television shows this was where the several hundred people who were not singing we are the world would be hanging out there was a strict rule. No one except the artists would be allowed in Studio A. No wives, boyfriends, managers, or publicists. No old bandmates from the Commodores. There was no red carpet. Mm. I love that. This is Richie, quote. Separating everyone from their families was the toughest part because everyone wanted to walk their wives and mothers and fathers and everyone, the family members, into the recording studio. And we had to go, nope, the families are over to the right. The artists will be over to the left. So Daryl Hall and Don Oates rolled in with their manager, Billy Joel was apparently still wearing a scarf over his winter coat because he'd just flown in from New York where it was 28 degrees that day. Jesus Christ. Was with his fiance, Christy Brinkley. They arrived, gave each other a quick peck, and then she's thrown in the chaplain stage while he goes over to, what was it called? stage a- Studio A. Studio a, yeah. Studio a. What an
1: uptown girl.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dion Warwick had been doing a residency at the Wynn Las Vegas and Steve Wynn had given her the night off to fly her to LA for the night mm. in his jet okay, to jet. do this. Quote Warwick I was ordered by Mr. Quincy Jones to be there. When Quincy speaks, everyone listens.
1: I love that. I love the Mr. thrown in there. Miss, yeah. Mr. Quincy Jones is called for me.
2: Bette Midler, Cindy Lauper, Kenny Loggins, Willie Nelson. It was like a record store come to life. Everyone looked a little mystified, smiling, yes, but maybe not quite sure what was happening. So at one point, the gate opened for a man on foot who turned out to be Bruce Springsteen. He was wearing jeans, a black leather jacket, gloves with the
0: fingers cut off. And wait, wait, and this is in 28 degree weather?
1: no no it was 28 in new york where, this was in la
0: where, okay i was about to say yeah, i'm so like i'm a- like wow he must uh, not get cold okay go ahead
2: but he had 24 hours ago been on stage in syracuse new york
1: oh that's cold
2: <laughs> he drove himself to the studio in a rental car i got a great parking spot on la brea people in the room remember him saying
1: well, i would remember that too that's basically impossible <laughs>
2: Inside Studio A, a simple sign hung over the entrance, taped to the wall. It said, "Believe."
1: Oh, Ted Lasso.
2: No, I'm just kidding. That was a little Ted Lasso humor. That's not true. Breaking my heart. (laughs) The sign was hung by Quincy Jones, and it said, "Check your egos at the door."
1: Love that. Well, because Quincy had the biggest (laughs) ego of them all, and and he earned it. I like, I get it, but like, no one could out. You know, no one's going to come in and big dick Quincy Jones.
0: They're not.
2: Not in his studio, eh? Not in
1: his studio. They better
0: not do it.
2: (laughs) So this is from Esquire. Rock stars don't all know one another, and some of the most famous humans on the planet were meeting for the first time, but in a strange and spontaneous instinct, many of them hugged. Billy Joel hugged Michael Jackson. Loggins hugged Springsteen. Diana Ross hugged Sheila E. While Bob Dylan stood behind them, not hugging anybody. Smart. Okay, Bob Dylan was nervous. He had a solo, and he was nervous about singing it. Because he
1: sucks. What he sucks do at singing. singing? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, and to calm his nerves, Quincy Jones told him, it can be like half singing, half talking. Mm. I feel like there was time travel involved, and he, he took that to heart. How did
1: he not know when that? When he was a child. That could be, yeah, he could do that <laughs> for his whole career.
2: That was, like, his whole career. So, Richie told Esquire the first thing he wanted to get out of the way and get right was the chorus. My job was to kind of make sure everybody stays on point. Quincy was going to hold down the recording session and Michael was going to be, I laugh at this, he was going to help me keep order. But of course, Michael at that particular time didn't do a lot of talking and I was exhausted from the TV show. And then we go right into We Are the World. Well, it was a bloody train wreck. (sighs) Everybody was sort of left-footed, recalls Daryl Hall. We were like, we were all like, whoa, what are we doing? Everybody had to figure out how to relate to each other. So everybody started to act like they were in the eighth grade chorus. It was the weirdest thing I've ever experienced. All these superstars, whatever you want to call them. We all turned into junior high kids in chorus. And Quincy became Mr. Jones. That's how it shook out. Laughing like kids. Hmm. I get it. So I remember like being in chorus and like everyone on the risers and there's this nervous energy and like somebody like makes an off color joke. And no one wants to like like, stand
1: out. Right. When you're in junior high.
2: Of course not. So now it's 1030 p.m. And Ray Charles is in the front row. Many of the artists didn't know he would be there. They didn't know who would be there. But Ray Charles was definitely a big surprise. So quote Lionel Richie, when Ray came in and opened his mouth, we just kind of fell over. We just kind of all fell over in the corner and said, wow, did you hear that? That's Ray Charles. It was brilliant. Bob Dylan was standing between John Oates and Ray Charles and Oates thought, this is a good place to be in my life right at this moment. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So Michael Jackson, Lionel Richie and Stevie Wonder had recorded a demo tape and sent it out to the participants before this.
1: Oh, that's good.
2: But many of them never even bothered listening of course to it. They
1: didn't. Love that.
2: And once they got there, they weren't really into
0: it. Of course they probably weren't. <laughs> it's it's corny.
2: I don't think anybody liked it, Billy Joel told Esquire. There was a lot of side eye. There was a lot of looking at the other person and I remember Cindy Lauper saying, It sounds like a Pepsi commercial. There was a couple of chuckles and a few grunts. That was pretty much the consensus I think. Nobody was gonna say I'm not doing that.
1: They're right. It does. That's probably the turned out okay. What the cup that Ray Charles was holding, because he was the Pepsi spokesperson at this time.
2: (laughs) So now it's eleven forty-five p.m. and they're trying to lay down the chorus. The lyrics, as written, said, "We are the ones that make a better day, so let's start giving." But a lot of people in the room were saying "brighter day" instead of "better." Yeah. So someone asked, "Is it brighter or better?" And Richie replied, "Whatever one feels good." Better or brighter? Brighter is the one everybody's leaning to, right? And then everyone looked at their sheet music. Paul Simon leaned over to Tina Turner and Billy Joel and said, Seems like they're making a change. <laughs> I think it should be brighter all the way, Joel said. And then I guess Stevie Wonder was the lone holdout who said, Better has more bite.
0: What, what do y'all feel? Do y'all feel brighter is is is, or do you we feel know, like better? Which one?
1: About... I kind of, I hate yeah, I, I, I'm gonna side with Stevie. I think better is better. Brighter's okay.
2: Brighter is cheesier.
1: Brighter is cheesier. I think that that's that's what I uh, that's what I'm reacting to, and the and the eh sound is more pleasing to me than the i sound.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, there we what are, Stevie you? for what the win. Think? Now I'll go with it. I was I, I thought it was fine either one, you know, but brighter <laughs> brighter does seem we like eh. better better sounds better. Than-
1: yeah. <laughs>
2: So finally, after the chorus was done, the solos were starting to get laid down, and now it's two a.m. Prince hasn't shown up, and he had a solo line right after Jackson's, which, as we mentioned, had been orchestrated by Quincy Jones to try and foster a little peace between them. But Prince didn't come at all, so the line was given to
0: Huey Lewis because he knew it was gonna be on site with Michael. That's why.
1: Yeah, it's it, <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna dance fight in, <laughs> in Studio A.
2: Now, Aviva, like this, somewhere between three and four a.m., Daryl Hall ran into Michael Jackson in the bathroom. "Quote Hall," he asked me if I minded that he had ripped off No Can Do and made it into Billie Jean, which I don't believe it was a ripoff. No, I- Michael says, "I hope you don't mind that I stole it," and I was like, "What? You did a good job of stealing it because I didn't notice." I guess he was referring to the intro, kind of a pumping baseline, like my
1: baseline. So. I can't think of the. I mean, Billy Billy Jean is one of the most iconic basslines of of any song ever, and I'm trying to think of the bassline to to No Can Do. Let's see, I don't yeah. Know let's that. I don't, I don't,
0: yeah, I was like, I don't even know that one, but let's listen to it.
1: Paul notes, baby. Oh yeah, I hear it. Ooh, yeah. I hear it, but this is like very major key oriented, and Billie Jean is very minor key oriented. But I understand how you would listen to this and then go, "I can do better." Yeah.
4: He told me was Billie Jean. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah.
1: I get it.
2: Crazy. Yeah. You heard it here,
1: second. <laughs>
2: it was eight twenty in the morning by the time people started filing out we are the world sold more than 8 million copies in the u.s and sold more than 75 million for famine relief Fuck. it won three grammys song of the year record of the year and best pop performance by a duo or group with vocal and best music video
1: song of the year and black song of the year
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so this is
1: this amazing. is what, when did they get rid of the black record category
0: when they started getting molly what by black folks which like should
1: have it. been immediately
0: yeah but you know what let me tell y'all something right oftentimes black people and it's not me like trying to go on a little racist rant or anything Please. what happens is we we get excited to see one of us on television right even it doesn't matter what you're doing you can act like a baboon if you want to right it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what happens hey as long as we're down we, we made it And a lot of times people will just do, the black folks will just do whatever they can just to say they made it. But overall, they are the ones who end up looking like a fool, you know, like you can look at anything, any, any type of whatever. And I'm like, of course, like I said, when you're younger, you don't realize this, but you're like, you guys are adults. Did you want to be famous that bad? Are you, like, no, that's not that's not what happens. But to me, it was it that to me was was trashless. That was you know uncalled for. And I really want to ask the people who attended this and said, why did you even accept that award? If they're still alive, yeah, you know,
1: yeah. And and it definitely is like the it's like 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 literally segregation in music, and right, which is interesting.
2: Separate is inherently not equal.
1: Yeah, but the interesting thing is like i would rather listen to the black any anyone that wins like black record of the year i would i would prefer to listen to than like white record of the year the default whiteness is the problem it's like record of the year and other but um you know black people invented rock and roll black people invented basically every type of american music and so like why would you not want to listen to like it's like very silly how they the the organization the grammys tried to kind of uh uh, minimize black people's contribution to music when it was like that was it there would be no modern music without black people Cause you know
0: what let, let me let me put a hand clap i gotta put a hand clap for that go ahead <laughs> has, they, has anybody told you that you invite to the cookout
1: no <laughs> I, <laughs> I eat a lot so i'll wait so. till i'll wait for a second invite
0: but that's. But I'm glad. But you know what? I'm glad you you know you recognize that that there are some things I don't I don't understand. You know regarding you know my you know my history or so, and you're bringing awareness and everything. So I really do commend you for that. I think I don't know. Thank you. It's just it. What happens is we we don't get the credit that's where it's supposed to be doing. It's like it seems like. This I, what I learned is there's fifteen percent of the population makes up African Americans and a larger percentage of, of white people and I don't know what I don't know what happens it's just I guess people give up or so but I do c- commend you like rock and roll all that that's amazing Some that they so don't teach us I, in school you know the, uh, right
1: the interesting thing is and I, and I think that this is true of of many minorities which is that in order to have culture you also need to have oppression. Like you can't make a diamond without years of pressure. And I'm not saying like, well, it was all worth it. But I'm saying like whiteness, there is no such thing as white culture because there's never been white oppression. And so there's never been art or music or cuisine.
2: Like an original idea. Or
1: any original idea that was forced to happen due to a lack of access to the the main culture, right? Mm -hmm. That's the problem. Mm -hmm or the that's that's why there's no such thing as white culture and yet there's black culture and then there's latin culture and even like things like jewish culture right come from not from being excluded from the main from the from the the in group in some way and italians and irish and everyone who was once not considered white all right I ain't real. Okay.
2: Yeah, we talk about this, we talk about this on the show a lot. <laughs> yeah. You know how capitalism and white supremacy have bred this
1: and imperialism. Um,
2: imp- and imperialism have whitewashed and stolen everything in the name of money-grade uh Ex- ego exploitation. Exploitation.
1: Let's burn it all down. We are <laughs> the world. Let me ask you guys uh, one quick yeah. question before we get Please. back to,
0: you know, the lyrics and stuff. Have you guys ever had um i guess an attack from other white people because you did not agree with their ways of of you know their their racism in a sense
1: i have
2: does my dad
4: count
1: yeah dad, dad I have anybody from, i have from within my Her family parents. yeah parents
0: <laughs>
4: yeah
1: um but also like you know i'm in a i'm in a rock and roll band and when trump was once trump stole the election in 2016 we wrote kind of like a a song reflective of our feelings that was turned into an npr story in like the local la area and so we got some feedback like you're all idiots for being upset that trump's gonna take all your rights away and we're like are are we idiots for that Why are you, I think you might be the idiot for celebrating getting your rights taken away. But like, so yeah, but never for the show. Luckily, luckily for us, I think we, uh, we talk about kind of white privilege and the, the whitewashing of music enough that it either turns people off and they don't listen to us. And the people that do listen to us, like are open to understanding this part of his like objective history. Okay. They don't even have to agree with us right off the bat. They just need to like listen to facts that happened in in the world, you know. Right. Um so 8 million copies, 75 million dollars. Fuck. That's so much so much money.
2: Yes. And that was not all in January 2010. A massive earthquake devastated Haiti, leading yeah. another all-star cast of singers to remake the song entitled We Are the World 25 for Haiti.
1: Fuck that. No sorry this
2: was released as a single on february 12 2010 proceeds from this record aided survivors of the earthquake this version had an even more massive all-star cast of musicians than the original one fuck so
1: should we listen to it
2: we are
0: going to. to we have to we have to compare which one do we like better
4: Oh, Beeps.
1: No.
0: Must
4: oh, my God.
1: Bieber. I didn't even know that
0: they were supposed to read from a paper. I thought I was supposed to know, memorize it.
1: <laughs> who's, who's the woman next to Jennifer Hudson?
0: That's Nicole uh, Swearing
1: I don't know who any of these fucking people are. Yeah, she's are. from
0: the Pussycat Dolls. Josh Groban. Josh Groban. <laughs> I don't even know who
1: that is. He's like an opera singer. One.
4: Somehow will soon make a change
1: Oh, Tony Bennett Can't remember of, shit Hey
0: That's Keisha Cole sweater
1: and That's Keisha Cole?
0: That's Keisha, Keisha Cole not-
1: we I'm gonna cut this part out of the podcast Because that's fucking embarrassing Barbara. Wow. They're really letting anybody (laughs) sing in this song.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're going to see. Just you and me. Is is that Lady Moore?
1: Oh, it's Miley Miley Cyrus. I'm face blind.
0: Yes,
1: Enrique.
4: We can let them suffer. No, we cannot turn away. Right now, they need a helping hand. No, someone's lying. We are the children.
1: I like Wife of John.
2: Yeah, me too. He's from
4: Haiti.
1: Pink yes. is from my neighborhood, in Pennsylvania. Her dad owns the UPS store in my neighborhood. Out, hmm? to I would never see it. This is like where I where I grew up in Pennsylvania. So not re- not really ever.
4: Usher. We love Usher. Zaydean. Uh. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's no reason that. He needs to be in the ISO booth with her, other than he wants to be on camera. Oh, Quincy. Quincy's still kicking, right?
4: Yes, he's we like 90.
0: He's
4: so
0: telling Braxton. Yeah. Just you.
1: Huts are coming so fast. I'm like having trouble identifying people.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my god, Lil Wayne! I'm
0: like, bro. Well, I just because when he started tattling his face, everybody wanted to be like him. I'm like, bro, stupid as hell.
1: Yeah, he, he drank so <laughs> he drank so much scissor. He w- put himself in a coma. Never forget.
0: Everybody, everybody wanted to be like him.
1: I definitely saw Kanye in there somewhere too.
4: Is that, who's that,
1: A-Con? That's
0: Akon.
4: Yeah. He's
1: got like Buster he's got Rhymes. he's got
0: like 10, 10 No, it's Akon.
1: No, no, I saw Buster I'm separate. Oh, I'm oh not gonna okay. He's
0: <laughs> Like, I put some respect on him. I've seen <laughs> T-Pain in real life. This man is 5 foot 0. I'm not even Oh. Lying.
1: I, not, I hear he's like a dork. Like, he plays like Call of Duty all day and shit. Love
4: that. Oh. Nope.
1: LL Cool J. A little preview of next week's episode.
4: Oh, that's Nipsey Hussle! Oh
0: shoot, he's so high, he's like we do beat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and anytime Jennifer Hudson sings, she like throws shivers. Like my body starts shivering. I'm like, wow.
1: She's incredible. She is best man. best. Oh, there's Jones the first. Best uh, best thing American Idol ever gave the world.
0: I think she honestly should have won, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, it's better that she didn't because she would have been trapped in a record contract.
2: Like, yeah, those contracts. Like Fantasia awesome. was.
1: Yeah. Like Kelly was. Kelly had to struggle to get out of it. And they gave her, like, an eating disorder and stuff.
2: That's just living in the USA, buddy.
4: Yeah.
1: Jeff Bridges is there doing absolutely nothing. Not moving his lips, no headphones on, just looking around. <laughs>
0: I- Y'all know why Clef John tried to win for uh, president of Haiti, and he lost. Really? He did. He tried to win for president.
1: I know that he has that song, If I Was President. He does? Yeah. If I was president, I'd get elected on Friday, assassinated on Saturday, buried on hell? Sunday. they go back what? to work on Monday. What, what type of
0: crap? That's, that's very violent. Yeah,
1: it is. I think he was talking about the U.S., but yeah. Um, it came out around the... F- first obama election maybe the second obama election but it's a okay. good 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 track um i will say hot take i think that the groove in in this one is better mm-hmm. it's more it's it a better i like groove.
2: it yeah. does it slap
1: it slaps minor slap it minor does. slappage
0: i like it i like it.
1: so you're gonna tell us who's in who's in this the this list of hitters
0: Let's do it. Okay, do it. so we're going to start with our conductor. So you have Quincy Jones, Lionel Richie, Merv, Mervin Warren. Not sure who that is. All right. Not either. Then you have Justin Bieber, Nicole Schwerzinger. She was in the Pussycat Dolls. Ah. Jennifer Hudson, Jennifer Nettles, Josh Groban, Tony Bennett. Oh, Mary J. Blige was there, so you were right, but that wasn't. You
1: motherfucker.
0: I think that was her, though.
1: You gave me so much white guilt for confusing Mary J. Blige. I thought that was Keisha Cole, though. Keisha Cole. Sorry. I think they might both be there.
0: Okay, they they probably were. Tony Braxton, Michael Jackson, (laughs) Janet Jackson, Barbara Streisand, Miley Cyrus, Enrique Iglesias, Jamie Foxx, Wyclef John, Adam Levine, Pink, Bebe Winans, Usher, that's B.B. Wynnus. I should know this because he's a gospel singer. I listen to that. Usher, <laughs> Celine Dion, Arin Dotti on guitar, Fergie, Nick Jonas, Mary Mary, Isaac Slade, Carlos Santana, Lil Wayne, Akon, T-Pain, LL Cool J, Will I Am, Snoop Dogg, Nipsey Hussle, Buster Rhymes, Switch Beats, Kid Cuddy, EYAZ, Man, Kanye West. Then you have Patty Austin. Wow, more people. Love Jesus. One. Philip Bailey, Piero Barone, Fonsworth Bentley. He doesn't sing. What's his purpose? Fonsworth right, Ignat- Bentley.
1: We, we <laughs> talked about him in our Hey yeah episode. He just holds an umbrella. Yeah, we did.
0: Ignacia Boschetto, Busy Bone, Elder Barge, Ethan Bart- <laughs> Bortnick, Brandy. I didn't even see Brandy. Jeff Bridges, Zach Brown, Christian Bush, Natalie Cole, Harry Connick Jr., Nika Costa, Faith Evans, Melanie Fiona, Sean Garrett, Tyrese Gibson, Guillaume Luca Han Anthony Hamilton, Carrie Hilson, John Legend, Julianne Hoff, India Irie, Randy Jackson, Todd Jackson, Terrell Jesus Jackson, Christ. TJ Jackson, Bobby McFerrin, and it continues, Vin Diesel. What the hell is he there for? Vin Diesel. Al Jardine, Jimmy John uh, Jimmy John Lewis, Ralph Johnson, the Jonas Brothers, Joe, and Joe Jonas and Kevin Jonas, Rashida Jones. That's Quincy's uh, daughter. daughter. Gladys yeah. Knight, Benji Madden, Joel Madden, Catherine McPhee, Jason Mraz, Maya, Frida Payne, A.R. Rothman, Red One, Nicole Richie, Raphael Sadiq, Chico DeBars, Trey Songs, Music Soul Child, Jordan Sparks, Robin Thick, Rob Thomas, Vince Vaughn, Marin Vince Horn, Vaughn, hmm, oh Ann Wilson, Brian Wilson, and Nancy
1: wow that is a lot of fucking people and a very wide range of people
0: well
2: npr named it one of the worst ideas of 2010 (laughs) this is from a december 21st 2010 article we are the world the charity single by which all other charity singles are measured turned 25 this year just in time for the decade's first humanitarian crisis Recorded February 1 in a marathon session, We Are the World 25 for Haiti was an ambitious update. It boasted an all-new lineup, ranging in age from the pubescent Justin Bieber to octogenarian Tony Bennett. It incorporated modern twists, auto tune solos by T-Pain and Akon, a rap break penned by Will Am, a dash of Creole from Wyclef. After debuting at the Winter Olympics, the remake entered the charts at number two and sold a quarter million downloads in three days. And then, just as suddenly, it was gone. A few weeks after its release, We Are The World 25 had been all but abandoned by radio. Media coverage tapered off, and the single spent the remainder of its time on the charts languishing behind Kesha's tok What happened? At least some of it came down to taste. Critics far and wide slammed the track, dismissing the rap verse as pandering, the auto-tune as straight-up tacky. The choice of talent took some heat as well. With over 80 participants, the group included more than a few sub-celebs. Saturday Night Live parodied the song a few weeks later and gleefully pointed out the D-listers. It's Fonsworth Bentley. He was the fellow who held the umbrella for P. Diddy. (laughs) But taste isn't everything. We Are The World 25 may have been overwrought and underwhelming, but it also had the misfortune of being released in 2010, when just about every principle that made the original We Are The World a success has been dismantled. To justly compare the two, one must first acknowledge a few big picture truths about our time, and then these are the truths which I uh, will just read them, but I won't read the explanations. Music doesn't sell like it used to. True. Consumers are more empowered than ever. True. Getting informed is easy. Mm. Fame isn't what it used to be. Collaboration mm. is commonplace.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily want to jump the gun here, but this just reminds reminds me of the thing that like gal gadot did at the beginning of the pandemic where she like got all of her friends to sing imagine in the backyard and it was the most obnoxious thing ever yeah i didn't
2: realize she was behind that but i remember cringing
1: thought it was thought it was her deal but yeah really really not great but yeah now everyone just collaborates over social media
2: so yeah so they mentioned like saturday night live parried it and the original had quite a few parodies too kendra did you want to talk about any of those
0: yes the parodies thank you so much for bringing out the parodies are it included in living color it ran a skit called career aid okay <laughs> married with children you guys know that like jamie fox was on in living color as well yes okay mm-hmm. married with children had an episode called rock of ages okay that parried it with the bundy family title we are the old just to name a few so yes and I honestly feel like you know this—you had to be the coolest person, in, like in the world, if you got invited to sing on a track or just be in a part of the video. Yeah, I just wanted to put that out. Yeah,
1: honestly, super cool. One of the parodies that I wanted to bring up—a a, a specifically special one, specifically special one—God, um, is the one from Parks and Recreation.
2: Ooh, should we go out on that this week?
1: Do you want to go out on that this week? So uh, one of the seasons of Parks and Recreation, Leslie Nope is running for city council, and Andy Dwyer, our problematic king, Chris Pratt, composes a song called Catch Your Dreams, and they do like a super group, we are the world type song. And the only reason that this one is special is because, well, Quincy Jones' daughter is in the show. Oh, So, so. Uh, We're going to go out this week on Catch Your Dreams by Mouse Rat. So, Kendra, where can people find more of you on the internet?
0: Um, Instagram is the Kendra Crump Show. D as in the, K-Y-N as in Nancy, D-R-A-C-R-U-M-P Show, S-H-O-W. And my YouTube is Kendra Crump, K-Y-N-D-R-A, space, C-R-U-M-E.
1: What is your show like? What do you talk about?
0: I talk about horrible podcasters. I talk about, because I like that they're going to do it to me. No, you're fine. You don't have to apologize. You guys are good. Your, your name's not going to be up on there. We'll uh, see. Anyway, unless y'all, you know, literally gave me a waste of my time. So nah. I talk about horrible podcasters, because I want you guys to look out for them, just like, you know, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, so, Doing the world a service. Of course. <laughs> uh, listen, I don't want y'all molly whopping them. They're gonna you know I let 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 my words mollywap them. I ban stuff, like I wanna ban people who park over the line, you know, so whatever you wanna ban, you just ban it's like a panel of other people I
2: wanna ban washing machine doors that lock your clothes inside. Why is that a thing? I keep tweeting about it, nobody cares about this. This is a real issue, okay? Why would your clothes need to be behind a locked door while they're just shimming around getting clean?
0: I think because so the water won't come up and splash and hit you, maybe. That's what <laughs> I think. So people won't, so kids won't jump in there, you know? So kids won't jump in. I don't know. Okay. Well, that's, that's the first viable answer I've heard. Okay, cool. That sounds better than the first one. Um, but yeah, I just have, I just have, we have fun. It's nothing but laughs. So we just sit here and we talk about typically my day and what happens. So
1: thank you that's so much happens. for coming on the show. And, thank you. and, Providing insight into "We Are the World." What an am- amazingly weird song! Uh, and you can find us on the internet. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Lyrics for Lunch. And for longer and weirder stuff, you can shoot us an email at lyricsforlunch at gmail
2: If you want to support the show, like, and subscribe, tell your friends about us, post us on Instagram, Facebook, tell your grandma, your mom, uh, definitely you can also support the show by going to our website, lyricsforlunch.com, clicking that little support button that will take you to a page on Anchor that should allow you to do so. We had a little hiccup with Anchor recently, but they have assured us that it's back up and running. So thank you so much to everyone who supports the show.
1: Tell your racist uncle to listen to our show.
2: (laughs) Please tell your racist uncle, parents, any boomer that you know to listen to our show.
1: And tune in next week when I will be back in the driver's seat talking about 2013's worst idea ever, the LL Cool J Brad Paisley collaboration called Accidental Racist.
2: You told me it was gonna be a secret and now I know.
1: Well, I was this is this is me revealing the secret. <laughs> this is the big reveal. This is the big reveal.
2: Socre <gasps> bleu!
1: And until next time, I'm Aviv Rubenstein.
0: I'm Lindsay Tucker. And I'm Kendra Crump.
1: Saying, oh we're God. the world. So
0: yes, we are the world. Kill the world. Just be it. a better person in this really really world.
1: Like Feed that. the world. But make sure they know it's Christmas first.
4: And mount it to your heart